I'm Michelle and I am Lauren and Lauren the theme for today is around kind of lifting you and when we say you it's the listener at home of course up so we've labeled this episode you're good enough because it's ultimately kind of up to us to make ourselves happy and I think that's how you and I see it really yeah definitely and I know that you know a lot of the the people that I know struggle with this sometimes myself included where, you know, you think you're good enough or you think you're not. And, um, you know, a big part about the conversation that we're having today is just you and me having some of our famous real talk and uh, sharing our stories and also giving our listeners some value on maybe some things they can consider to help themselves, I guess, feel better about who they are because yeah. they are good enough. That's it. And a party element today is, uh, is a goodie. It's a good one. So we're going to be giving a little bit of insight into, I guess, us um, and getting the listener at home, giving the listener at home a little bit more perspective around, um, you know, how we, we do this in our own lives. So I think it's going to be really practical. I think people are really going to be able to make some notes, take it away, see what resonates. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited about, especially the party element uh, for today. Me too. And we have a lot to get into, but before we do that, I think it's probably worth us having a little bit of a catch up because I haven't talked to you all week. Yeah, been? I know it's been a long time and I do miss our, um, our chats and I like that we catch up, you know, like this every week. Um, yeah, yeah it's uh, been a, a pretty uh, big week, um, really busy in terms of uh, readings. So I've had uh, so far, you know, because it's only Friday, I've had so far upwards of 30 readings and healings. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's getting, it's getting more and more each week and I'm just sort of trusting and feeling into it and it's, um, I just love that people, I guess, trust me to, you know, because it's very personal when you're doing stuff like this, it's very personal yeah. and I trust me with that, but, you know, I just feel really guided and I feel like people constantly are saying to me, you know, I, I definitely came to you for a reason and uh, I don't know why I opened Facebook, but there you were and just stuff like that. And it's things where you can't explain it and, uh, but they somehow find me. So I, I'm loving life, but very, very busy. And it's one of those things we may talk about it again in future episodes is about finding that balance, especially when you're working yeah. for yourself, because I think you and I are both trying to figure that out. Yeah. So that might be worth, you know, looking at uh, down the track. So how about yourself? Yeah. Well, I just had a question for you. I mean, are you getting a lot of return clientele or is yeah. it all new? Okay. Return. I've got people doing um, their fifth, sixth reading with me. I had a lady book me two yeah. days in a row two days in a row. I've had uh, a few people book me week, you know, two weeks in a row. So week and week again. Yeah. Lots of return clientele, lots of referrals. I'm not advertising. So everyone who comes to me, I say, you know, how did you find me? Was it Facebook live? Was it a referral? And a majority of them that come in during the week. So obviously when I do my Monday night Facebook live, I get a lot of people during the week, like book immediately. And I know where they've come from, but then when I have people just randomly book, you know, during the week and yeah. I don't know their name, Often they're the referrals. They're the ones who are hearing about me from relatives or friends. Uh, but also I've noticed, you know, online, sometimes on Facebook, they say, tag your business in, you know, give a shout out to your business, uh, all that sort of stuff. And so I often either tag myself in or other people tag me in. 
And then I have people come to me that way. They're like, oh yeah, I saw you on the community page because um, we're on the Sunshine Coast. I saw you on the community page for whatever your area is. And so I decided to make a booking. So all that stuff's really great. And I love the pages that give you an opportunity to do a shout out. And there's one that I will mention during our show today and they're doing a really good job. All right. And are you doing anything, you know, to reward referrals or I know you're working on your first newsletter coming up? Yeah. Um, it's all it's all sort of in the process, but next episode, we're talking about um, branding. And so yeah. I will go into a little bit more about that because I'm sort of in the process. I need to focus on doing, yeah, and achieving what I need yeah. to achieve in order. So my focus at the moment is sort of on the branding and getting that out there, changing my pricing structure is sort of the first step. And then, yeah, focusing on um, everything else sort of after that, the referrals, yeah, all of that will be part of that, so... Yeah, it's cool. exciting. It's exciting. It's like giving birth, yes. giving birth. Um, anyway, how's your week been? Yeah, good. Busy. I was in uh, this business competition thing yesterday. And uh, basically, it was from people all over Australia. We all got together and we had a case study. There was a, a business with a problem and you had to identify the problem and then come up with an innovative digital solution to help the client. Uh, I will feel... <laughs> I guess it was a little bit frustrating to be real with you. It was about a 12 hour process. We had to work online, which is great. Uh, obviously that's, that's normal for me, but we had to identify the client problem and then come up with a solution. And I guess part of the difficult thing was for that experience was because the client didn't really want an innovative digital solution. The client's focus was primarily on, you know, marketing they wanted almost a marketing plan, but we were a bunch of people that were supposed to come together to come up with a different idea, a digital idea. And it just, I feel as though a lot of the conversations I sort of drove slightly, even though there was a moderator and everything, I drove it because working with businesses and working with small to medium businesses, I know that there's no sense in giving them something they're not going to actually use or that's not feasible for them to execute right away. I just didn't see the point in that. So I feel, you know, upon reflection that some of the way that I was driving the conversations, you know, somebody suggested an idea, which I thought was a good idea, but it was almost part of their marketing plan in the future. And if we had focused solely on flushing out that concept, which was to have a 360 degree, um, you know, video or picture view basically of their venue, that wasn't really enough for them. So anyway, without boring you to tears on this, it was just, it, I, I thought it was going to be a bit different than it was. And I guess the silver lining on it was I learned a couple of different programs. I got to play around with a program called Slack, which was pretty neat. And another one called Miro, which is basically an app it's kind of like a virtual whiteboard where you can put a bunch of sticky notes all over it. And that was really cool. So if our listeners at home are looking for a virtual whiteboard with sticky notes, Miro was a cool thing. So I'll put that in the show notes, but I guess that took a lot of energy and um, I was kind of planning the whole week to have that whole day off. And then the Friday was sort of catching up as well on that. Uh, it was a good experience, but I probably wouldn't do it that again. <laughs> Yeah. It's good to experience it, as you said, though, because you don't know yeah. you've done it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Anything else that sort of stands out to you during the week? Or No, not really. I think we should actually get into the show because it's, uh, it's a big one. 
It is. Um, so, Lauren, so, yes. Oh, I was just going to say, you're really driving this concept. This is, um, you know, sort of one of your, your brainchild really to, to kick us off. So why don't you get us started and, and talk us through it? And I'll see if I can add any value to all the nuggets of wisdom you've got. <laughs> hey, nuggets of wisdom. I love that. I'm going to coin that phrase. Um, yeah. So the reason that I thought about this and we have, uh, if the listener at home isn't aware, and I'm sure they're not because they're not in our minds, uh, but you and I have little brainstorming sessions. And in one of the brainstorming sessions that we had, we were talking about, uh, especially with me, I seem to be attracting a lot of mothers and uh, children, but uh, mothers and daughters in particular. And I tend to be working with the pair of them, you know, the mother and the daughter, because uh, they're having some issues, clashing, that sort of thing. So I just found mm -hmm. myself sort of doing a little bit more of that. And it occurred to me that there's this repeating pattern of behavior where the mother has issues around self-worth and self-esteem and how they feel about themselves. And they're saying to me, you know, my daughter has these issues around self-esteem and self-worth and all of this. And I'm thinking, oh, and a lot of them aren't kind of aware of the connection between themselves and how they feel and then how their daughters are mirroring back. Yeah. These emotions. And it's just super interesting. And I said, Fascinating. yeah, I was like, maybe we need to do something around this because do we want these 12 year olds and they're all 12 year old girls coincidentally um, that I'm working with. Yeah. We want them to be the 40 year old, you know, 50 year old mothers who are raising their own daughters and having the same issues. We've got to sort of nip this, nip this in the bud at some point. So that's where mm -hmm. the idea sort of came from. And it's just been around, uh, I guess the kinds of people that have been approaching me for help. And so the theme is, of course, as we said, you are good enough. The idea of today is to give uh, you, the listener at home, real life examples. Uh, and so talk about what we do, and that's Lauren and I, to feel good about ourselves. So I'm going to speak about this again. But what I wanted to highlight, uh, first of all, Lauren, is that we can actually choose. So this is, a, this is a choice. And I think a lot of people who come to me, and I know you've got friends, you often will say things to you, and you're like, you know, girlfriend, this is a choice. You know, there's a lot of, we choose, our, I believe we choose our parents and, and that's a big thing, a big bugbear for a lot of people, but it's like, these are all choices. And so we have the opportunity in that moment when someone says something to us and it's difficult when you're a kid, cause you don't always have the, um, I guess the life skills to be able to go in that moment. I'm not going to accept this. Some of us don't, but if I've got the opportunity to work with 12 year old girls, I'm going to be letting them know, you know, it's a choice. If someone says something to you and you go, you know what? I don't accept that. I don't like that. And I don't accept it. That's you making the decision in that moment, not to live that for the rest of your life. But what can happen is you accept it. And then every time someone gives you a compliment for the rest of your life, you're like, no, because little Jimmy back when I was in grade one said the complete opposite, you know, said I was ugly. So if you tell me I'm beautiful, I'm still going to go back to that moment and say, no, that's not true. That's not true. So it's almost like you're aligning yourself with someone else's beliefs. And that just doesn't make sense to me. So um, I just wanted to highlight, you know, with this part of the segment at the beginning is really, it is a choice and we need to remember that. So um, we need to, moving forward, really question that and really look at even in the workplace, if someone says something to us and we just go, you know what? I don't accept that about my work. I feel like I've actually done a really good job. And, you know, it's the same thing as we grow up. We just have to keep making choices. You know, do we accept someone else's views? So what I wanted to say also is we used to play a game and I don't know if this was in Canada, but um, it was called hot potato. And it was where you had a ball 
and you kind of visualized the ball being this boiling hot potato. And the idea was to sort of throw it to someone else as quickly as possible so it didn't burn your hands. We had that. Yeah. Okay, great. And so I, I always liken uh, this sort of thing, you know, bullying, putting people down, all of that sort of stuff to that hot potato game, because it's like, you want to offload that thing before it burns your hands. But do I want to catch it? That's, that's the question. And that's what you have to keep asking yourself every moment someone tries to give you some of their crap. Um, you know, you got to make the choice. Do I want to take it or do I throw it straight back at you? Or do I move out of the way, let it go straight past? it's a choice. So what do you sort of think about that? Is that something that you've sort of uh, experienced or, you know, had to sort of work through yourself? Yeah, it's interesting because I think that as you get older, you can be more aware of these things. Whereas when you're younger, you're more fragile for sure. And, you know, it's interesting because I did a Facebook live a little while ago on self-limiting beliefs. And that's exactly what you're talking about here, about how we're given these beliefs often from other people, our parents included, and they're not reflective of who we really are or what's really true. I have a a thing here. It says basically self-limiting beliefs are assumptions or perceptions that you've got about yourself and about the way the world works. These assumptions are self-limiting because in some way they're holding you back from achieving what you're capable of. And that's an excerpt from Business Tuts Plus. It's a website that I found. And the reason why I chose that was because I thought that it summarized it so perfectly. And I think, you know, just to echo what you're talking about, you have the decision whether or not when you're given a piece of information, you want to say yes to that or no. And I think that often we're in the, you know, in the receiving end, even though we have a hard time receiving, which is a totally different conversation for another day, but you know, it's almost as though we can receive criticism easily, but we can't receive, you know, positivity as easily. It's just, you know, it's one of those conditions as humans, I think that we're, we're kind of up against, you know, from the get-go, but, you know, self-limiting beliefs really can show themselves in a variety of ways. And that can be the fear of success, the fear of failure, the fear that you're just not good enough to achieve what you want, or you're just not good enough or worthy or deserving of that. The fear that you're not lovable or you're not, you know, somebody who's worthy of being loved, the fear of rejection. These are all limiting beliefs that we have sometimes deep within us that we need to get clear we have, and then we can work through them. But you know, if you're still a young person and you haven't been burdened by all this crap, you know, (laughs) like some of us adults have, um, you know, and even if you're an adult, actually, just to go back to what you said, you can say yes or no in every moment. And you do not have to believe everything that you're told and you don't have to believe everything you think. And I think for me, for a very, very, very long time, I've made a real effort to not take compliments too deeply and not take criticism too deeply either. Because when you think about it, you don't want to live in a world where you're getting high on everybody's compliments because that's going to falter at some point. And then when, you know, if you kind of need that to keep going or to feel valuable or worthy, when you get criticism, it's going to get you that much more deeply, right? And you're going to be almost seeking out that kind of confirmation from someone else. So I think that, you know, if you can find the value, we're going to talk about that today. You can find the value in yourself as opposed to 
from an outside source, I think personally, that's the end goal. Um, you know, it's, it's saying yes, but it's also saying yes and going, you know, I respect you, Michelle. So if you like what I'm doing, that I'm thankful for that, but I don't need your opinion or your approval to set me on my way. Is that? Yeah. yeah. The outside source is really powerful because I'm dealing with people, you know, in their middle sort of 40s, 50s, that sort of thing, still looking for approval from their parents, you know? Yeah. And some of them, even when I'm doing the mediumship, bringing their parents through, are looking for that, you know, from their parents still. So, you know, it is, it's a choice. And I'm working with one of the girls I'm working with, um, her mum was saying to me, you know, we're giving her compliments, we're saying nice things, or even if we give her some feedback, it's like she really takes it hard. She really takes it hard. And in that, you know, she's she's taking it kind of differently to way, the way that it was intended. And this is a little bit around what you were saying about um, people giving you feedback at work and things like that. You know, we all have performance reviews and, and that sort of thing. And if you're really highly critical of yourself and you formed your views based on what other people said to you when you were in school and, and when you were growing up, then yeah, you're going to take it really hard because you're already criticizing yourself. And then someone comes in and gives you some feedback and it's just like a wall falling on top of you. Um, and that's what we want to, from this conversation, try to help you with, help you get through and help you see things slightly differently. That's kind of the mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. I've mentioned it on the show before, but the four agreements is really a powerful book and, you know, your teenager can read it, simplified language, or, you know, you could read it even to your, your kid, but it basically talks about if you live by these four agreements, you'll have the best life. And one of them is not to take anything personally. And, you know, when you understand that, let's use me and Michelle as an example, Michelle was born at a completely different time in a completely different country to different parents than me. So even though I respect her opinion, she's not the same as me. So her opinion is just that it's her opinion and it's based on her life experience and the things she's been taught and all these sort of things. So, and we know that, you know, based on our episode last week that Michelle thinks it's totally fine to give her dad plastic cutlery, right? So that's a clear indicator that we're, you had to. <laughs> <laughs> that, we're not, that you know we have different ideas and that is fine and that is beautiful but it's important to understand that you have to fill up your own cup mm. you really really do and that comes with understanding when you're not being kind to yourself and that comes with you taking a stand to figure out all right how can I nurture who I am and there's no you're never too old and it's never too late to begin the journey of self-love. Mm, amen. Amen. I want to echo just briefly what you were saying there, which is, uh, which is great because I still sometimes slip into the, when someone gives me their perspective and, and you just said it really beautifully, sometimes I'll slip into the kind of, what are you talking about? You know, and that, that feeling to kind of change, you know, their mind. And I'm kind of trying to pull myself back a little bit now and go, you know what, like, it's okay for other people to have a perspective. And one of them is around COVID-19. And I had a friend's mum sort of saying, oh, COVID-19, it's been horrendous. And, you know, it's the worst thing ever. And da, 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 da. And she just really wanted to have a vent. And I said, what? Like, I was like, this has been the best thing ever. Like, I got made redundant and I was started my own business and 
things are thriving and da da da. And just the look on her face was like, huh, you know? And I just, in that moment, I was like, it's okay for her to have that opinion. And what I should have done is just nod and smile and nod and smile and just allow her to be heard because she wasn't, you know, I cut her off and I was like, but it's the best thing ever, you know, the best thing ever. And I think in some moments we have to accept that other people are, good, are just going to have their own perspective about this. Um, it could have been a conversation, but I think you've got to gauge that. I think sometimes people just want to vent. Yeah. And you know what, actually I have a story on that too. Uh, that's so interesting because you know, we're, we're strong D type personalities, you and me. And it's kind of as though, you know, we've done a lot of the work already and we can see how much better everyone's life can be if they just follow what we say. But like you said, you know, sometimes they just want to be heard. And, and sometimes I guess they just want to be sympathized with. And, and the difficult part about that is that's not who I am necessarily, because I feel that you're in control of how to deal with it. So for example, here's another story. So uh, we went to uh, out for lunch the other day and we went there and we asked the business people who are running the, the establishment, you know, how are things going? And they basically proceeded to tell us how awful everything has been, which I understand because I know people in the restaurant industry and it's been tough, but you know, while she was telling me all these things that were going wrong and things like that, I thought, I thought I want, I just wanted to say, girl, you got to just change your attitude. You know, if you're feeling this way, leave it at home. And when you're coming to the restaurant, you know, even though she felt comfortable with telling us the truth, and I'm not saying I didn't want to hear her story and we were happy to, and I'm, I'm happy she felt comfortable with explaining it. But in general though, she was responsible for the way that we felt in her business and the way that was so when you went into her business right you could only have uh, apparently they could only have one table of four and then outdoor seating but on the one side of the establishment it was just clutter and junk and everything was thrown together and i thought you know if you're not allowed to have all those tables and chairs you could stack them up in a nice way or you could move them off the premise in the meantime you didn't need to have all these other junky things that were there. You could have had music on, you know, and then when we were sitting there, some other people came in and instead of enticing them to sit outside and kind of tell them how beautiful it is to have a seat outside and everything, she essentially told them that she couldn't have more people in the restaurant if they wanted to sit out, otherwise take away. And she reinforced takeaway a few times, you know, and I thought, okay, you've all of a sudden made these four buyers, these potential customers here, feel uncomfortable about being here. They've not wanted to buy anything that's going to keep them here longer. They, they, didn't, they ended up buying a cookie each and leaving, right? They could have bought a coffee each. They could have bought, you know, a little bit of extra, I think. And, you know, I look at that and I think maybe I could have given her some suggestions on how to change her mindset, which would have helped her business, but it's not my part to do that. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So, Yeah. You got to pick and choose. I think it's a lot about that intuition. And my intuition was saying, yeah. you know, just smile and nod, just smile and nod. And here I was with my mouth going. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That wasn't you know, the right moment. You know, guess what? It's cool. Cause you're not perfect. And I love that 
I'm not perfect either. And those are moments where we go, okay, maybe next time I'll react in a different way. Yeah. And, you know, and I have a difficult time with that with my family, because if my family is, you know, let's say they ask me a question or they, let's say they tell me something I automatically feel like they're wanting some, you know, huge, amazing, inspirational moment with me, but they don't, they just want to have a, <laughs> just yeah. tell me where they're at. Yeah. And that's about it. So, I mean, moments of reflection like that, it's, you know, who's to say you won't act differently next time. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think it's learning so, from experience instead of gauging, you know, is the other person in for that <laughs> in for the big inspo yeah. hashtag inspo. Uh, where they really just yeah. make bent, yeah, really just wanting to bend. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about. Um, Actually, the- can I cut yeah. you off, Michelle? Yeah. Because I just wanted to say one thing too. Mm-hmm. I just want our listener at home to be aware when they have people in their life that are like that. Sometimes people just want to tell you their sad story, and sometimes it's okay for you to say, "I understand you feel like that," but I think we've discussed this enough or something, because I don't know about you, but I'm very sensitive. Mm. So if somebody is talking negatively for a long time, I have a difficult time with being able to block some of that feeling. Mm. And all of a sudden it changes a bit of the way that I feel myself. Mm. And also when somebody's telling you about their really sad story, what's that doing? That's reinforcing their sad, woe is me victim position. Mm. And so even if you don't want to be the one that tells them an inspiring story or, you know, this is how to get out of it or whatever. And you want to say, okay, that's great. You don't have to continue their story. You can say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then you can change the subject. That's another thing because people often, when they're feeling down, when they are feeling sad for themselves, they like that feeling and they want to keep feeling it. And they want to bring everyone around them down with them. And it's up to you to go, I'll listen to you for a second. And then that's it. Because do you agree with that, Michelle? Yeah, I was actually just having a funny thought because um, it was a dinner that I was at. So I'm like, in my head, is it rude to like ask to change seats with someone else down the other end of the table? Is that rude? I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, people would say it's rude. I would say it was you taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, in our society, it's difficult for you to take care of yourself and not look like a jerk. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry you feel in that, that way. Scenario. Good. It's a good way to get around it. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. And then ask them something. Oh, your earrings are beautiful. Where did no, you get them? I said. I said that. Boom. You're reading my mind. I did. I compliment. And she was like all about the, you know, I got these from Egypt or something. I'm like, fantastic. Awesome. And we talked about traveling, traveling around the world. And I'm like, brilliant. So yeah, we did that. So it's a bit of a distraction to break that, that yeah. circuit. Yeah. Which is really awesome. And that's another yeah. one around um, that particular person I know. Um, does suffer with a lot of self-esteem, self-love issues. And so that's good. You know, if we break the circuit and then I got her talking about stuff she was really happy to talk about, which is traveling, awesome, you know, and she's feeling better. So yeah, yeah, tick, great one. Um, what, I, what I also wanted to say along those lines is what I do uh, sometimes, and I, I recommend this to people that I do readings for as well, is to just write down things that you think you do well. Um, and this is a little bit around what you were talking about before, where sometimes you kind of have to give yourself a pat on the back. You know, you don't want to rely on other people like parents, people like that to really build us up. 
Um, sometimes we need to give ourselves a pat on the back. So sometimes I'll say to people, hey, how about, you know, if it's around business uh, and things like that, maybe write down the things within the business that you really like and the pros and cons, especially when you're trying to bring new things in to your business. Um, it's like, what does that look like? How does that feel? Could we, you know, focus on this, bring this in later? You know, really just getting that clarity. And I think also when you're trying to work, work on how you feel about yourself and maybe feeling a bit better is also um, perhaps they could be writing down things around, you know, the things that you think you do well. Um, and maybe it's uh, about, um, you know, I'm very uh, thorough at work. I always make sure that I tidy up after myself. I like to uh, occasionally clean the fridge out for the other people at work, whatever it is, you know, things that you think you do well in life. Um, and so that's sometimes a recommendation that I make to other people, but also, you know, sometimes the affirmations are really good as well. So it might be writing down things that you uh, think you do well, but also affirmations, you know, um, I love, I'm perfect as I am nothing about me needs to be fixed or changed. And I might put that down in the uh, show notes. Um, Cause that's a, that's a quote that I said before I met my now husband. Uh, and I met him two weeks after I started that affirmation. So I think affirmations are really powerful. And sometimes I give them to people and they're like, Oh, especially women. And they're like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like us with our running. Like we have the IMs and the I'm good enough mm. and all these things when we run. And it's like, it kind of seeps in. It's like when you listen to the vortex meditation, Esther Hicks, she's like, don't listen to everything I'm saying, just let it seep into your subconscious. Um, so it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard work. Uh, and that's certainly what I found in my experience. Um, I love going outside and being in nature as well. And we're going to talk about, uh, I guess, inspiration and things later in the show. But these are just some things that I recommend to people uh, because that allows you to be present. Um, and just highlighting what we were talking about before, we don't want to live someone else's reality. Our life mm -hmm. is our own. We chose, we made choices before we came here. This is what I want yeah. to do. These are my gifts, all this stuff. You know, a lot of, a lot of life is about remembering. Uh, so our life is our own. We don't want to live someone else's reality or look at things from other people's perspectives necessarily. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, later in the show um, about bullying because this is something that I certainly experienced and it does make it challenging when you're trying to feel great about yourself and be successful. It is something that a lot of people experience and I'm certainly talking to other mums at the moment and a lot of their daughters are experiencing this and probably sons as well. Um, but it is difficult. And so I want to talk a bit around that because there were certain things, I guess, that I had to do to try and get over that. And my dad actually gave me some really good advice. Um, I was getting picked on at school and dad said to me, you know what, Michelle, they're just jealous. They're just jealous. There's something about you that they really like and they're trying to put you down to make you feel maybe more like they do. Maybe they don't feel great about themselves. So it's just jealousy. And you know what? That really resonated with me because I had mum was sort of saying, oh, just ignore it. Just ignore it. You can't ignore it. But when someone says to you, this person's actually jealous and they kind of want something that you have, that changed my perspective. So next time I heard them say the things, I was like, oh, I actually just kind of feel sorry for you. I just feel sorry for you. And maybe that's just the perspective, you know, the different perspective that you need. Because um, then I, I put myself in their shoes, you know, and that's essentially what we're talking about. Um, sometimes you, it's good not to give them what they expect as well. And I had someone shout out at me. Um, they found out I was doing some modeling and stuff and they shouted out at me. Oh, Michelle, you're doing modeling. Oh, ha, 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 ha. And I went, yeah, I am. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you for asking. Bye-bye. And, uh, and off I went. <laughs> and it was like, you know, and it was just this instinct after dad's conversation with me, I was like, we're going to give you what you expect. You know, 
I'm not going to give it to you anymore. So I was just like, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. I really appreciate your interest and I'm going to go. And uh, that was it. So I think like that for me really helped. And uh, also I'm going to mention Pauline Pollard, who is a friend of yours and um, she's brilliant. Like I just had a chat to her. She mm -hmm. works with children. She does uh, the tapping, the EFT, all those things. I'm going to put her um, uh, notes or her link in uh, our show notes because I had a great conversation with her and the stuff she's doing with kids is just epic. And one of them, which I loved is the tapping and she uh, uses tapping on her own children and it sets the intention for the day. So if they've got an exam, if they've got something really stressful coming up, she's like, right, we're going to do some tapping. These are the messages, you know, that we want you to um, keep throughout the day and it's going to be positive. And it's just changed her life. I mean, her kid is like this epic professional mountain bike racer. You know, their kids are just doing super, super things. And I feel like a lot of that is to do with the tapping because it's really, really calming. Um, and I'm using tapping on myself. So if I'm having a moment, I'm like, let's do some tapping. And then it changes, you know, changes the mood, it releases whatever that emotion is. Um, so I just wanted to mention tapping as well. EFT is not something I've really gotten into yet. Oh, you don't use it on yourself? Or? No, I don't use it. Oh, wow, it's powerful, powerful. Yeah, yeah. I get my lot, a lot of my clients to do it because it breaks that circuit. You know what we're talking about with the circuit with you know, my friend's mum. It, it sort of breaks the circuit when you're getting into this circuit. Uh, and sometimes I'll do it where I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have a lot of readings, what's going to happen. And, and I'm sort of getting out of alignment. The tapping sort of brings you back to the present. There's something about that movement. Um, and, and because you're doing the meridians, you're on the meridians. Um, there's something about that that brings you back to reality. So it kind of snaps you out of that, that getting into that circuit. So that's, that's why I use it. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm definitely open to, you know, knowing more about it. I think it's interesting for sure. And, you know, when people that I respect get a lot of value out of something, I'm definitely open to trying it. Um, you know, just going back on what you were talking about, I think that, you know, somebody's got to be hurting to try to hurt someone else. That's definitely true. And I think that, you know, depending on where your bullying is coming from, if it's online, I would just shut that stuff off. Stop reading it. Stop, you know, it's difficult. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't have kids. So it's difficult for me to fully understand what it's like to, you know, eliminate myself from social media in that generation. But um, I think that if something's not feeling good to you, stop doing it. So if social media for you initially is, is, bringing up bullies or bringing up bullying, you know, scenarios, then take a break and work on developing yourself and your confidence and your self-love and kind of avoiding that. I think, unfortunately, in our society nowadays, we've kind of looked a lot at social media to validate us uh, through, you know, the likes or the engagement that we get on the posts that we do or we've looked at things to aspire to, and very often they're egoic based things. So that car, that purse, those new shoes or whatever, they say nothing about the heart and soul of a person. And, you know, as you continue to get older and wiser and evolve, you understand more and more that while beautiful things are beautiful, and I desire for beautiful things, I'm not going to say that I don't, I know that they don't make who I am. And I know that I'm just as valuable with or without them. And so, you know, sometimes it just takes time.
time for you to get self-aware to go, why am I doing these things? Or why am I engaging in this way? Or why do I need that person's approval? You know, when really, if you approve of yourself, everything else is secondary. Do you think? Yeah, I really, um, I really believe that. And I just wanted to echo something that you were saying there. Um, and it's especially around the possessions. Um, and I remember going to Nepal many years ago and I was going, walking through the streets and, and obviously there's a lot of poverty, uh, same as India, but walking down the street and uh, there were these kids and it was all dirt, it was all dirt roads. And this is out in the uh, Himalayas. So this is when we're climbing the Himalayas and these kids are going along and they had a bike tire, like an old bike tire. And it was just the rubber part and they had a little um, stick or something and they had the stick in the middle of it, yeah, to get the, um, the movement going. And they're running along and they were running the stick around the inside of the um, tire. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure my grandparents would have played that game before yeah, computers and phones and all that stuff. And they were just having a whale of a time. And I was looking at them and I was quite a bit heavier then than I am now, probably about 20 you know, kilos heavier then. And I went over there and I was sort of going through a relationship breakup. Things weren't great in my life. It was kind of the early days of my radio career. And I was watching these kids and they were just so happy. And I was like, looking around, they had nothing. They had little shacks and they were running along with this bike tire. And I was like, that's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. And when I went home, I sold a lot of my stuff. I was like, what am I doing with all this stuff? When they're running down the road with this bike tire and they're deliriously happy. And it's like, they don't know because perhaps it's very difficult to travel from Nepal. It's really difficult to get a tourist visa. Perhaps I'll never know what they're missing out on. Perhaps I'll never know, you know, they'll never come and see what we have and they'll never know any different. They'll grow up completely happy. And I know a woman I met uh, years ago in Cambodia, which is a difficult area to grow up in where you had um, a lot of issues with, uh, I think it was Agent Orange and things like that. And people had a lot of mal, um, mm -hmm. deformities and things like that. And they grew up struggling, yeah? They grew up with not enough food on the table, always wanting for more. And life was a struggle, but they all they were all survivors. You know, they fought to survive. And when she moved to Australia, one of the things that surprised her was the suicide rate. And she was like, we fought so hard where I come from to survive. And over here, people have everything, but they're still not happy. And that really resonated with me because it was like a different perspective again from someone who had to fight to survive their whole life. And they come over here and they're like, you've got everything, but you're not happy. And I just mm. found that really profound. Yeah. I agree. And I think that, you know, if you can get clear on loving yourself I think that's the most important and going back to what you were saying earlier about your affirmations you know with me with my affirmations I don't say anything that I don't connect with yet so for example uh, when I started my journey to self-love I couldn't say I love myself it didn't feel right and so I didn't do it but it felt right to say I like myself and over time, I built up to the point where I could say, I love myself. So, you know, nurturing yourself and going on your journey of, you know, your inner child work and, you know, loving who you are at the core is so key. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the inner child is sort of that part of us that we talk about in terms of the smaller part of ourselves, that the more delicate part that needs to be nurtured and almost the part of us that 
loves to have fun and loves to, you know, try childlike things and kind of remember that. And I think that sometimes as adults, we neglect to care for the inner child part of who we are. And we also neglect to allow that inner child to have fun and to not take life so seriously. Because when we take life so seriously, that's when we're missing on those small opportunities of joy, you know, where we're, where we're missing out on all the beauty that's around us. And I think that if you can continue to nurture who you are on the inside of your soul, it will, everything else will blossom around you because it'll, you know, you'll start to attract what you feel inside. And I think that that's a big deal is when you are attracting things that aren't supportive of you or people that are negative, you know, sometimes that's an indicator if there's a pattern there sometimes there's an indicator that there's something within you that still needs to be healed so we will leave in the show notes a small little template um, one exercise you could consider doing would be to write yourself a little letter to your inner child so an example i'll just read a small example of what we'll put in the show notes you can use that but then write in your own words so you know, you could say, dear, sweet little Susie, um, I'm so happy that you were born and I'm here to protect, love and care for you. I wanted to let you know that it's okay to be who you are and I will accept you no matter what. I know that, um, you know, sometimes things get tough, but you always have a home with me and I will keep you safe and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. When times get tough or I take things too seriously, can you please remind me of all the joy and fun that you have inside that you can bring out in me and let me partake in that with you? And, you know, I love you so much. Love your big sister or whatever you want to say. So, you know, sometimes if you feel that anything that we've talked about today, if it's resonating with you, it might be an opportunity for you to go, hey, I have some inner child work or I have some nurturing and some love that I need to give myself. And you can include those things Michelle was talking about as well, things that you do well and, you know, things that you love about yourself in that way and include them in that letter too. Yeah, that's powerful. That's goosebumps, that letter, goosebumps. Love it. Awesome. Love it. I was also just going to talk about, and I spoke about this in the last episode, one of the things that I'm doing at the moment in my life is trying to balance my masculine and feminine. And for me, uh, that's about along the lines of feeling better, you know, about who I am, because I know that I'm a little bit out of whack, a little bit out of balance. And I find myself booking myself solid, getting really busy, getting stressed, because that's kind of what I've been used to in my life. And I feel like now that I'm self-employed, I can kind of make a choice around that. You know, I can make a choice around putting breaks in, scheduling breaks, doing all those things. And that's a sign of kind of respecting myself. So what I'm trying to do is balance that masculine feminine. So I'm not going into trying to be doing so much all the time. And I mentioned last time I spoke to you about the, uh, the beautiful dresses that I went out and bought and they're very feminine, mm. very floral. And I'm getting so many compliments, like so many compliments um, with my beautiful earrings I'm now able to wear and all this sort of stuff. And so that's really wonderful for me because it's like it made an immediate difference. Um, and especially with the videos, because I'm now going back and looking at my old videos. And in every video, I'm wearing jeans and a shirt, jeans and a shirt, jeans and a shirt. And now I'm the last two, I've been wearing beautiful dresses and these earrings and I'm trying to channel, you know, that goddess, that divine goddess energy that we all have within inside us. 
and awesome. it, I look completely different. I look completely different. I look like I have a glow um, and it's making a difference because people are booking more and more and more, you know, my numbers are going up. So I feel like we have to evolve. I feel like sometimes we've got to look at what is it that we need to do more of or less of. And, and for me, it's balancing the masculine feminine so that I've got my work life balance, right? Um, and so that starts with me looking like what I want to do more of. And that's why I'm trying to look more, you know, more feminine. Um, and I've actually found that that has made such a big difference. And as I said, you know, it was something that people noticed um, almost immediately. Yeah. So that's just been a huge, a huge teacher, huge teacher for me. I love that because, you know, sometimes we don't take that time. You know, I book myself next week, I'm going and getting a pedicure and a facial done, you know, and on, um, you know, the other day I wore a beautiful dress because I had to go into the city and I don't go very often. And I thought, you know, I've got this awesome dress. You inspired me when you're talking about dresses and you do, you feel delicate and you feel, you know, that sort of, I don't know. Yeah. That feminine nurturing, which is so important, especially when you're a strong-willed businesswoman. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes you do turn on that persona in a way, even though it is who you are because, you know, you need to get stuff done. You need, you can't be just lollygating around. You have to have a plan. You have to execute the plan. And um, yeah, so I love that idea of balancing the feminine and masculine. I didn't really think that that's what I was doing, but I understand. I see that now. Yeah. And it makes you walk differently. Did you notice that when you had your, um, your dress on, it actually, when you do that, um, it actually so makes shit. you walk. Yeah. You walk differently. And when you have your little yeah. heels going on and yeah. you know, your partner is going to notice that, like it's, it's really cool. And that's what, yeah, ultimately we're, we are women and we need to, we have curves and we need to accentuate those. And that's just kind of, you know, it, it does, I think for me, uh, it makes me feel good to be able to yeah. reflect the way I feel inside on the outside. So that's what I'm, yeah. yeah. I did this um, color therapy um, session one day, years and years, like I'm talking 15 years ago. And, um, but something stuck with me in that experience. So the woman was also a nurse and she had just come from treating a client. And she said that she had this 95 year old client and she got up in the morning she was helping her get ready. And, um, the woman looked at herself in the mirror, 95 years old. And she said, wow, don't I look beautiful today? Mm. And I remember her telling me that and her telling me that she wants to think about herself in that way when she's that age. And I thought, me too. And so anytime I look at myself, you know, I, I just say, still got it. <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, so good. I actually, that reminded me, I did a reading for a lady on Monday and she's 80. And she wanted in her reading, she went, and I couldn't believe this. She's so confident. This woman is so confident. She really, really inspires me. Um, and she said to me, you know what? I'd really like to meet a nice man. She said, all the men that I'm meeting are dying. And that's what happens. You know, when you get to this age, she was so matter of fact about it. I was like quite shocked. I'm like, oh, and she's like, no, no, it's just normal. You know, we're all old, we're all in our 80s and 90s and people are, people are dying. So she was just like, I, really, I want to meet a nice man and, and I want to see, you know, what that looks like. And that was what she wanted to do for her reading. But she also had a healing with me. And um, she's actually really fit. Like for someone who's in their 80s, 
I was like, oh my gosh. And I just, I sort of had a fast forward uh, sort of view of my future. And I was like, that's who I want to be. I want to be just like that woman. She's in the 80s and she is fabulous, you know, fabulous. Mm -hmm. I'm so inspired Mm -hmm. by women who are a little bit older and they've learned, they've learned those lessons. And she's really positive. She's a really positive human being. I love that. One of the exercises our listener at home could do is if you think about the person that you want to be and you look at the virtues that they have or the things that they do that you like. So let's pretend grace is one, right? If, if someone has grace or confidence or whatever, you choose that word and you focus upon that word all day. And then anytime you're doing anything, you aim to do it with grace or confidence or however it looks to you. And over time, you'll build up those traits in yourself mm. and you'll become more and more and more of the person you endeavor to be. And sometimes having somebody that you can look at that, you know, has the, a really good balance of the masculine and the feminine, or, you know, however you want to look at it, just a good balance in general, you just feel good about them. You know, sometimes having someone like that as sort of an earmarker is actually a really good idea because it gives you something to sort of strive towards. Um, one thing that I've got is I found um, a fit, she's, I don't know, just like some woman on Pinterest, but she was, you know, in the fit category, I guess. And I, I have her photo and I, I want to, I love that kind of body type. It's curvy, but it's fit. And I thought, all right. And so I realized that I'm controlling my thoughts and I can change my body through my thoughts. So I just focus on that every time I'm running that I'm becoming shaped more like that and uh, you know that might sound ridiculous to some people which is fine but Michelle gets it she's not in her head so I totally do I actually did that use my first um when I was young and I joined a gym uh, when I was working in Bundaberg and they said to me get magazine images is where magazines were like still a big thing get some images from different magazines um and show me what you want to look like and so I got people that inspired me and they were fit you know I wasn't you know skinny or anything like that it was like what you said fit strong. Um, so I cut out images of women like that and it was kind of a vision board. And then I took that to my uh, personal trainer and he went, great. Yep. Let's do that. And he did. It was amazing. So sometimes it is about having that visual. And I say that a lot to people that I read for, have that visual, whatever that thing is that you're trying to manifest, bring in, see it, you know, see yourself like that. And then that's what you're aiming for. So the universe knows. The universe is like, great, we're going to deliver this thing. I'm actually going to talk about someone who inspires me in our recommendations and inspiration later in the show, Lauren. So you actually um, you kind of previewed that a little bit. So um, yeah, thank you for that. Now, I think uh, it is time to get into a bit of the uh, the party. The party. Yeah. You want to party. Wanna, we you know? like to party. We like, we like to party. We yeah. like to party. Your yeah. head bop is off the charts. That was very good. <laughs> no one can see it except you and I but uh that's okay that's okay uh but after your drumming I wasn't sure you could do you could head bop to a rhythm but you can so I uh like to put your mind at ease you can you can move the head bop is okay that's so funny okay so I'm gonna talk about um basically the party element today is creating a list of things that make you feel good so that when you're feeling down, you have a go-to list to help you get out of that. But before we talk on that, I do want to talk a little bit about the emotional guidance scale. And this is something I know Michelle is familiar with as well. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. So basically Abraham Hicks, um, Esther Hicks, uh, in their book, Ask and It Is Given, it's a really great book if you're looking for something to read. 
they talk about the emotional guidance scale. This is the first time I'd ever seen it explained in this way. So it made so much sense to me. So basically the concept is that there are one through 22 numbers and within each number, there is um, like an emotion. So joy, appreciation, freedom, love, that's number one. Number 22 is fear, grief, depression, despair. Number eight is boredom. Number 14 is worry. Number 17 is anger. Number five is optimism. So I'm jumping around a little bit because I'm not going to read all 22 out, uh, but we will put a link in the show notes so you can find them for yourself. However, what I'm trying to say is kind of like what I was talking about when I said the affirmation of how, you know, you can tell yourself you like yourself and then over time you can develop that further and go, oh, I love myself. The emotional guidance scale is the same thing. So if you're feeling down or you're feeling sad or you're feeling jealousy or anger or whatever, it's going to be near on impossible for you to jump to the emotion, to the actual real emotion of joy or appreciation or freedom or love. So what you need to do is understand that it's a journey and that's okay. And the journey might not take you very long. It might take you a few days. It, you, I mean, it depends on everybody's different. For me, it took me years to be able to go from like to love, which is fine because I wasn't looking at it in terms of time. I was just looking at it in terms of every day, just being there and showing up for myself. So with the emotional guidance scale, it's important to understand that as long as you reach for something that makes you feel better, a better feeling thought all the time, whenever you're feeling negative or down or sad, you reach for that better feeling thought, slowly and surely you will creep up the emotional guidance scale and you'll be at a totally different level. And let me tell you this, when you learn this and when you learn to be patient with your journey, you will already be at the end before you know it. And the cool thing about that, and that's like goosebumps, goosebump territory. The cool thing about that is that the situations that start to attract you or, or come to you will mimic the feelings that you have inside. You're not going to be attracting you know, angry people every day anymore. You're not going to be, you know, having these feelings of not to say you won't have down days. That's obvious. And that's where we're going here in a minute about how to pull yourself out of that. But when you're feeling and you're operating from a level of peace and love and passion, you start to attract more of that. So the party element essentially today is to understand that for you to go and move up your emotions into something that makes you feel good, you need to have a bit of a go-to list or a go-to practice in your mind. It can be affirmations like Michelle was talking about. It could be you know, reminding yourself of things that you're good at. But what I would recommend you do is you actually physically write a list. So get a piece of paper, write down a list of maybe five, six things that bring you joy, that make you feel good. So that when you're feeling down, if you can't reach for a better feeling thought, like an affirmation, you can do an actual action that might pull you out of that a little bit more. So you could do that by putting on a great song. Uh, we've got some great playlists we've made in the past. We'll put a link to one of them in the show notes for you. You can have a dance or go for a run or do some yoga or meditate. 
You could, you know, paint your nails, paint your toenails or your fingernails. You could cook a great meal or call a good friend. You know, there are all these small things that you can do. And sometimes when you're feeling down or sad or, you know, you're kind of in a bit in that victim mentality, you don't want to do any of these things. And yet that's exactly the time that you need to. So having the go-to list where you don't need to think very hard about it is key. And if the first thing doesn't work, go to the second, go to the third. I can guarantee you by the time you do your list, you'll be feeling way better. So any thoughts on that, Michelle? Yeah, I've actually written out a little little list as well. And I like to say to people pretty often, um, you know, it is a choice. And I, I mentioned uh, choosing earlier in the show, but it is a choice how long you kind of uh, wait around in, in this, you know, uh, if it is yeah. about bullying, if it is about... Uh, your parents not giving you the approval that you're seeking. It's kind of, it's a choice. And as Lauren's saying, you start small. We're not talking about climbing Mount Everest. It's just starting small and uh, whatever it is that you can say to pick yourself up um, and move yourself out of that sort of place of uh, victimization and, and stuff like that, uh, the better, because it's not going to make you feel any better to, to stay in it for longer. No, I was actually really inspired and I'm going to get to my top five in a sec, but I just wanted to share with you. I was really inspired this week and I've had a lot of very dark and, and very difficult readings to do for people who have lost people in, in shocking ways. And I actually um, did a reading for a lady and I didn't know, um, obviously I don't know anything when they walk in the door, but it turned out that she was expecting a child and she was driving along behind her husband who was driving a truck and he crashed and died in front of her. And I had to, you know, communicate with her husband. I didn't realize that that was who I was talking to and all this stuff started coming out. And, and it was just, it was one of the most difficult things I think I've ever done uh, connecting with someone where that's happened to them. And you know what? Oh. She's grateful. She's not, not for that situation, but she ended up, um, you know, forming a relationship with a mutual friend. So a friend, a person that her husband had known, she feels like it was divine. She feels like it was all meant to be. And she's, she's grateful. She has found gratitude. There's things that she's still working through, but she's actually got a really good attitude. And I was just floored, you know, I was floored. And it was such a, such a moment for me because I was like, lesser things have happened to me and I've been in a spot of bother. And I was looking at this woman just going, you are just something else, you know, to come through that and be like, I'm grateful for this person who's now in my life who my husband knew and, and approved of. And, and she feels like perhaps, you know, he brought them together in a way because um, that was touch. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. And that's something that I do not want to personally experience, but I think what a, what a lesson and what a woman, you know, I, yeah. incredible. And we've stayed in very close contact. So I just wanted to say that first, you know, there's always someone And this is something that I learned when I went to India um, and I mentioned Nepal before, but when I went to India, um, there was a guy at the train station who was like, you know, in his seventies, I got a translator to communicate to him for me. And he was carrying people's bags. And some of our bags were like 20, 30 kilos. And he picked them up, put them on his head and carried them down the train station. And I was like, no, no, no. Like looking at his age, I was like, no, I'll carry my own bag. And, And they were like, no, 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 he has to do it. He has to do it. It's his job. And that's how he earns money. And I was just like, let me give me more my money. Let me just give it to him. I'll just give it to him. And they're like, no, that's his job. He has to do that. So I let him carry my bag. I gave him extra money. I snuck it in there and he looked a little bit embarrassed. 
but this is a, this person, I found out his story. He had a farm and he has a big family and the farm didn't work. The uh, crops weren't growing. They didn't have a lot of water, rain, that sort of thing. And the, the farm failed. And so he still had to supply for all of his family and support them. And he couldn't afford to like eat at the train station, he had to walk two kilometers to get food from where he could afford to get it. And then he walked all the way back and then he carried bags all day. And whenever I'm going through a moment where I'm feeling a bit down and a bit like a victim or whatever it is, I think about that guy in the train station and I think, my gosh, we are so lucky because there's no welfare. There's nothing, you know, he's going to work until he dies. So without being a real downer, I just feel like that's sometimes we need to remember there's always someone going through something worse. And that's kind of the message. That's kind of the message. Now, my top five, um, my top five is different to you. And these are things that I love about myself. So, and let's go with like or love because you sort of highlighted the difference between that. So wherever we're at, um, these are the <laughs> five things I love about myself or like about myself. And if the yeah. listener at home feels to do this, um, you know, you might want to choose that word uh, differently to what I did. However, my number one um, and the thing that I, I really like uh, the most, and it was the thing that the teachers hated the most about me, <laughs> is that I love to talk. So my ability to communicate effectively and confidently is something that I'm really pleased about with myself, that it was always, you know, the little chatterbox and this and that, and my report card and the teachers, I drove them crazy. Um, me too. Yeah. And I think as I got a loud voice, it was like, they just heard me more than the others. I'm like, everyone else is talking, what's going on? But because I got the loud voice, it's like, always me, always me. Uh, so number two, I wrote down, I'm a good friend. You know, this is something I love about myself. I know that I'm a good friend. And if you're in the spot of bother, give me a buzz. We'll go and have a coffee. We'll sit down and we'll talk. Um, so I, I really love that about myself. I'm also uh, number three. I'm an excellent parent to my dog cat and, and also my peach faces, my birds. Um, but yeah, I think I do a really good job. Um, I make my dinners for my pets. You know, everything's kind of raw and, and sort of organic and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like I'm a good parent. I'm giving them what they need, uh, doing a good job in that respect. Uh, number four, I'm pretty fit. You know, I'm like you, we got into the running during uh, COVID and the pandemic and all of that. Um, yeah. And so I, I feel like that's something that I'm really proud of. I can go to the gym if I need to go to the gym and do some sort of weight stuff. But, um, you know, in terms of my fitness and cardiovascular exercise, I'm where I want to be. I'm really happy with that. And uh, number five is I genuinely care about others. And I guess that's similar to the friendship thing. But when I say others, it's, it extends beyond that because it extends to my clients, people that I'm not necessarily friends with, I'm probably more associates with, but I want everyone who uh, comes into contact with me, with me and, and who I do a reading for and, and make a connection for to feel like they're part of my friendship circle. So to feel like they're loved um, and cared for. And one of the things that I do, and I think I've spoken about this in previous episodes, is everyone that I meet and everyone I read for, I silently during my prayer say, I bless and I love you. I bless and I love you. And that's for everyone because I want them to feel that, that kindness and that care from me. So I think it extends a little bit beyond that. So they're my, uh, they're my top five. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And you know, you kind of skirted over it, but I do want to bring it up again. You know, you were talking a lot about gratitude earlier and gratitude is something you can do easily as well. Five things you love and why are you grateful for and why? Um, because that will automatically elevate you as well. When you start to get clear on everything that you've got, uh, and you could be grateful for the list that, you know, that like Michelle shared of all the things that you love about yourself, you know, it's so important. Mm. Love or like, yeah. love or like, 
Um, so yeah. I have a Perfect. little bit of recommendation and I guess it sort of ties in with what we were just talking about in inspiration, um, Lauren, and you mentioned before about finding someone uh, who perhaps epitomizes that, that femininity that you're, uh, that you're pursuing and that you're trying to bring more of into your own life. Um, and you spoke about Esther Hicks, of course, before. And one of the things that I do a lot, which is, uh, which is Esther and Abraham is the, uh, the vortex meditation. So um, I often recommend this to a lot of people. Um, for me, uh, I think about that, or I don't really think about it. I do it before I go for a run. And then often when I'm going for my run, all the inspiration just starts, starts dropping in because uh, I'm putting myself into alignment. I'm allowing myself, yeah, to receive. So it's just an automatic thing. I'm not looking for it. It just starts. Um, now, I wanted to kind of recommend to any of our uh, listeners at home, and especially if you're a, a young woman um, learning to kind of be okay with yourself, it's like we want to be okay with being individual or different. And we have alluded to this earlier in the show, I think, but it's really a choice, as I said before, um, whether or not we accept someone else's view of ourselves uh, or do we kind of want to form our own view of ourselves based on what our belief system is. And that's what our top five is a little bit about because it's getting to know ourselves better. Um, so I often say we want to blend in um, until we start to queue for a job and we're looking for work and all of that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden we want to stand out. But if we've forgotten who we are, and that's why those lists are important. If we've lost touch with who we are, how do we stand out in that job interview from the rest? So we're not just another sheep. And that's why mm -hmm. I like our, um, our idea of sort of listing these things down, because I think it allows us to connect with who we really are at our, at our core. And I know when I'm connecting with someone, when I point out something that I see the soul level in them, that they don't show the world, they start crying every time because you're hitting a raw nerve. It's like, oh, she can see that. I thought I'd hidden it away. And it happens all the time. As soon as I hit on that thing, you know, that I see right down deep within, there's tears because they're like, oh my God, you saw me, you saw me. And a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't ever get that, you know, the real hearing, being heard and seen is what we all, we all crave that. Now you spoke about inspiration and I wanted to highlight Gabby Bernstein here. And we've spoken about her before um, in other episodes, but Gabby for me, because, you know, we're trying to start a family and all that sort of stuff. And I remember a friend of mine was reading stuff about her and mentioned her and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just have a look. And she'd written this amazing um, article about how she conceived her son and how initially it was all about, and this is being in the masculine and the feminine. This is why I'm highlighting it because that's where I'm trying to go. She was talking about uh, trying to have her son so that he fitted in with her calendar. So she wanted to conceive him on this particular date. And then nine months from then, she was planning to tour and then have her newborn with her and all this stuff. And she planned it all, planned it all. And it didn't happen. So the conception, when I say that didn't happen. So she had to come to terms with the fact that she wasn't able to schedule the baby and the conception into her calendar. And that was yeah. really powerful for me. And she was, she goes into a fair bit of detail about how it all happened, but she calls him a miracle baby, uh, her little boy. And so for me, I was like, wow, you know, that's, she talks about her transition from being really in her masculine to being more in her feminine. And so that inspires me. And so that's the person um, that I wanted to mention and I'll put uh, her info in the show notes. She's very motivational. She's a motivational speaker, all these amazing mm -hmm. things, but she's very strong and she's very black and white and just gets straight to the point. And I absolutely love that. Um, mm -hmm. so I, think that I love that you too, where she shared that. Yeah. We'll find that and put that in there. Yeah. It's yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just about finding that person who inspires you to be better um, than, you know, perhaps, or not better, but, you know, just 
just get to the point where you're like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty awesome. When we stop learning, I mean, you know, like, what's the point? <laughs> you constantly, I mean, even Margie, the, this 80 year old that I was talking about, I mean, she's still pushing herself. She's still putting herself out there. She's like, I want to meet more people. Yes, I'm losing my, my friends and companions, but she's still putting herself out there. It's like, let's be inspired like that. You know, I, I just think that's epic. I think that's epic. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show, uh, Lauren, but I did want to sort of talk about what's coming up next. Is there anything you wanted to add before I go on to do that? No, I think that you've covered it all off. I think it's being kind to yourself, being aware of the company that you keep and understanding that you choose. That's, that, that's so important. I know you, we've said it many times, but you're choosing how you react in every situation. You're choosing what you do with the information we've shared today you get to decide the kind of life that you want. And if you want to play small, you can. And if you want to choose to have more and to love yourself and to just work through, you know, anything that's stopping you from doing that. And I don't believe that you need to regress and go through everything that, you know, all the sad things people ever said. I don't think you need to do that at all. Personally, I just think you need to start telling yourself where you're at now, nurturing yourself and just starting anew so yeah, that's just absolutely yeah yeah big tick to all of that okay so the next podcast and what we're going to be doing next week is we're talking about something that's actually very close to my heart and this is branding so something that and and i won't say my heart i mean it's very close to you but you actually i will yeah. talk about this in that episode you gave me some really good advice and you had a look at my sort of cover photo on my um facebook page and that's linking mm -hmm. to my business cards and everything and you, your reaction to that was like, oh, yeah. And so I realized I needed to make some changes because- Not in a good way. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm self-employed now. So everything's different. You know, I was a different yeah. person. And so I think the brand does sometimes have to change with you as you grow and you develop. So that was actually really awesome that you pointed that out. So we're going to be talking about sort of branding. I'm rebranding at the moment. So I'm going to be all ears to any advice that you have. Um, I'll be listening mm -hmm. to that. Uh, I'm also tying in my new look with my new book cover. So there's a few extra things that I've learned that I need to consider. And that's around the purchase of images. Do I own those images? Can I use them on my book cover, but also for the other things, the business cards, flyers, you know, Facebook sort of cover photos, images, all of that sort of stuff. So we're going to get some expert advice from a photographer friend of mine who's an amazing guy. He actually was our wedding photographer, uh, but very young, funky, cool, all that sort of stuff. So he's answered some questions for us. We'll have a few of the questions and answers uh, in that episode. And also we're going to hear from a graphic artist who is in charge of my new brand. And she's helping me sort of communicate to my publisher and figure out, you know, what we do, how we move forward. So I guess if anyone can relate, the listener at home can relate to any of those. This is going to be an episode that you don't want to miss. Yeah, definitely tons of valuable information to come for that as well. And if you have a business or thinking of starting to build a business, this is a must listen to. Absolutely. Uh, so Lauren, that has been business in the front. Party in the back podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Great show. Great show. We'll uh, see you next week. See you next week.